happy Friday. It's so cold out. Brr, I know, my, my little Mini Cooper was just frozen. <laughs> but you have a great group of little minis to like stay warm with. I do have okay. mini friends. I love Sounds my mini good. friends. It's great. We have a lot of fun in our Mini Coopers, <laughs> <laughs> driving all around the Pacific Northwest. So I'm so happy to be here on Lift Your Spirits Radio this Friday, which comes to you every Friday on KKNW. That was my amazing son, Dean Foster, playing music. And I have some recordings. I need to get his approval to give those to you. He's been kind of slacking a little bit on getting to me, too. I'm just calling him out. But (laughs) I think he has uh, every reason uh, for why, because I think he won something He won an award. So congratulations to the Deaner. I mean, it's all good. Here, we'll give him a round of applause. (laughs) Yeah. He's in his senior year. He's at midterms all this week, so I haven't heard how he's done on those. But he sent me a whole bunch of music and recordings, and I get to sit there and listen to him. Which and is you just great. all you have to do is click send yep. to Benny. Like <laughs> it should be fairly easy to just. I know he was learning auto tune, so he had to do some songs with nice. auto tune. You know, and it's like Very wow, cool. and they sounded pretty good Very actually. Cool. Was, all right, I was like right on. Well, I'd so. love to hear it someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get his permission. First. All right, sounds good. So, for those of you that don't know, my name is Kasara Deline, and after overcoming my own health challenges many, many years ago, I work to provide valuable alternative health options so that other people are aware of natural options for your life. My background's in herbology, naturopathy, psychology, energy work, and meditation. And you can learn more about me and what I do at truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And if you, within the next month, I'm having a new website done, too, so it's going to look a lot better. Ooh, fancy, fancy. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So thanks for joining me today. Oh, and I have some news. You're just coming at me, like, quick today. That's good. So I got engaged. Yay! Yay! More round of so applause. So that's exciting. Yes. Very and John was on my show, what, I think it was last January he was think on so. my show. Yeah. yeah. And we can always, you can always go back and listen to that that's show. That's right. You can go archive, back. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the shows are back there. And he played some music there. And he performs mm-hmm. locally mm-hmm. around here a lot. So um, that's fun with a couple, with some bands and then also by himself. So you can uh, find him on Facebook and online. And all He's that. all over. Yep. Good. So today we're fortunate to have a special guest. Um, we have Rob Morrison, who is a astrologer and Toltec shaman seer. So welcome, Rob. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great, great pleasure to be here. You're here. I've known you for a while now. I met mm-hmm. you through your wife Jan, who's also here. Hi, Jan. <laughs> She's a little shy. She's being shy. <laughs> and um, so we've known each other for a while. And I know yep. that I I had you do some astrology for me way 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 back yep. when. Yeah. And it was very, very exciting to see all that. And I just wanted to have you on the show because I thought what you're doing is really cool. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So tell us about what you do. Well, what do I do? There's kind of a back and forth between astrology and another system that I've been privy to, I guess, for almost my entire adult life, I think, um, my first astrology book was in a public library, um, picking up probably in my early teens, um, books by Robert Hand, who is kind of the classical of modern day astrologers from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my late teens, right, right around the time I graduated from high school, a friend of mine handed me a, a copy of a book called A Separate Reality by Carlos Castaneda, which 
had a lot of subtle, long-lasting influences on my life. Um, and then later on in my college years, running into a friend that was, shall we say, quite psychic, uh-huh. um, had a lot of predictions about my life that turned out to be quite true over a very long period of time, um, was also involved in, uh, or I should say, familiar with the works of Castaneda and pointed me in that direction. Although at that time I declined to go further. Uh-huh. This is in the early 90s. Um, but I was still working it with him anyway. Mm-hmm. We were practically inseparable for several months, uh, even into the summertime after school was finished. Uh, we'd taken a job together in Texas uh, selling, oh, wow. selling books. That's <laughs> crazy. Um, but we lost touch after that pretty much. And, and But everything that he told me kind of stuck. Um, so when I got back to Seattle, um, I looked up a uh, local astrologer, uh, Astrology at All bookstore in the University District. Quite, had quite a presence in that time. I don't even know if they, I don't think they even have a, 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 a brick and mortar store in that area any longer. Uh, there is an online store. Um, and I started taking, you know, I got my first little mini reading mm-hmm. from their uh, local astrology, uh, Laura Gerking, I think now, now Bandian, which was her original maiden name, I think, or she goes by. And she's quite a famous astrologer now. Um, she's done radio and stuff for years, and she was doing it back then, too, making predictions about football games, among other things. She was uh-huh. a big Husky fan at that time. So she, she was pretty, pretty good at predicting when the Huskies would win. That was quite <laughs> fun. Uh, but she was a, one of the original students of a very famous astrologer in the name of Jeffrey Green, who uh, wrote Pluto, the Evolutionary Journey of the Soul, in the... I think it was the mid to late 80s when that book was published, and it's now the most um, most purchased astrology book ever. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's like they've <coughs> sold millions of copies worldwide. It's been translated into I don't know how many languages, and Jeffrey himself did te- taught all over the world, um, Germany in particular. I think it's one place that he spent a lot of time in, but... Um, he still, you know, started out here with with Maggie as as their kind of main astrologer, I guess, in in the early '80s. Uh, but he went through a tremendous amount of shamanic training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he he spent something close to a month to sixty days uh, high on peyote with a with oh, a peyote yeah. shaman to to really to <clears throat> tune his energetics, I guess. Um, but was also uh, exposed to a lot of Eastern influences, but his his work became very central to me for quite some time and, and has stuck for a very long time because it just is uncomfortably true what he wrote about, particularly about the planetary, or the placement of Pluto uh, by house uh, in the natal chart. Just, it's ridiculously like, in fact, I had the, the fortunate experience of being like the textbook example of, of before you even get into the book, there's you know the introductory section, and here's an example of how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, the example that was in the book was me. Oh, wow. 
it, it literally was the same same placement by house and sign of Pluto and also the uh, conjoining um, placement of the moon's nodes, which is the other aspect of the way Jeffrey's work, evolutionary astrology, works in his system. So just those three points um, can tell you a lot about um, what you believe, how you behave, and uh, even more importantly, how you perceive your world. And then getting in the training of power, of course, then Cassini comes on full-blown because it's required reading Yes. in yes. all of it. And I just wouldn't stop. Just soaked it all up. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I kept reading them over and over and over again. I've read them more, more times than I can count. And I've also done a lot of exploring into other authors in that field because uh, other Toltec authors came forward in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably the most well-known, although one that I haven't really spent hardly any time at all on, would be um, the Four Agreements author. Um, oh, yeah, that's Don a great Miguel book. Ruiz. Yeah. Right? Um, but after being involved in Training of Power and reading Castaneda so thoroughly, uh, repeatedly, Ru- Ruiz is like surface-level yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's, his stuff is very simplified, very but extremely profound and yeah, um, very, very thorough. approachable work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've read all of his books and no casting not so much. Uh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. They're much more, yeah. much more detailed. <laughs> well, not not just detailed, but there's there's certain there's kind of a power in those books. Yes, that moves you if you can reach for it. Yes, if you really really dig in. Um, and I've I've found that you know even you know with with the work we did in, in, in that group, there was um, few people could reach to the depths of mm-hmm. what was really there. And, and as you go over time, um, man, I can't tell you how much further I've gone over the last even three years. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've read them all several times, and it's like every time you read it, it's like you're reading a different book to a certain yes. extent. Did I read so this much. before? No, yeah, you've read exactly. that 10 times. How yeah. come I didn't remember this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason it's for amazing. that. There's it's amazing. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the, the actual, um, those are books of power. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the power, you can't hold on to it, not yeah. even for a second. Yeah. You can read through the entire paragraph or even page or even chapter, and you'll go, I completely don't remember anything that I just read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you know what you're looking for and you have conserved enough personal power, energy, by disrupting your normal o- state of awareness mm-hmm. repeatedly, intentionally, right? Then you can then you have enough energy to start to really absorb what it, what is there, and yeah. that further moves you. Yes, and. Um, that's what I've been doing now in the last few years is really focusing on bringing that aspect of the energetics of how the Toltecs uh, observe reality and apply that to astrology. That's now you you when we talked earlier you had talked about the Toltec shamanism, and so maybe you can talk a little bit more about what that is about. I think shamanism is a very loose term to use with what really actually what Toltec 
seers do. I think mm-hmm. seer is a much more appropriate term, but shamanism is much more approachable. People kind of mm-hmm. relate to it. And, and shamanism in the kind of common vernacular refers to the concept of um, ancestral ghosts or connections to the earth. And, and I think that earth connection really sings very, very well for mm-hmm. the Toltec systems. And in that respect, it is shamanism. Um, but that kind of idea that, it, you know, we're, we're speaking to our ancestors as, as shamanism in a lot of Native cultures operate, that has nothing to do with what the Toltec systems are. It, really, the Toltec systems, if you look back and relate it to the Mexicans, you know, the ancient Mexicans um, and their pyramid building, and their um, dreaming culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is really what it's about is this sort of ancient dreaming culture that is that exists in in the. Um, that sounds wonderful. They don't really people don't really talk about that much. No, but it's the foundation of what Toltecs really yeah, are. Yeah, that's awesome. It's how they it, they actually learned how to control their consciousness through controlling their dreams. Wow. Um, now, this is not to say that I'm an expert for dreamer by right. any means. My, I'm definitely a modern version uh, in that respect because um, as time passed and the Toltec, the ancient Toltec seers fell away because of their elaborate schemes of controlling their consciousness was, was too slow to protect them from mm-hmm. forces of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, the new seers came into play, re- looked at everything that they had done in the past and reevaluated everything and, and came into uh, new concepts of how to move their energy, which is to say move their assemblage point, which I think we should probably get mm-hmm. to pretty soon, um, without relying on uh, elaborate schemes, or at least their schemes were um, subtle. Um, changing their behaviors in such ways that you wouldn't notice, but they're actually participating. They are doing the activities of seer or a sorcerer or seer mm-hmm. to move their assemblage point and perceive the world in a more energetic way. Um, to to reveal more information that is available to us, to all of us, if we had the energy to perceive. So, I don't know. That's, I think I'm kind of, yeah, maybe you should ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, we're going to take a little respite here. You're listening yeah. to True Health with Kassar Adelina on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more from Toltec Shaman Seer Robert Morrison. <laughs> So are you ready to walk in your own unique journey? Step into freedom with Soul Journey Healer, offering sessions and mentorship experiences that can help you dream up your soul vision and harmonize spiritual awakening with your own frequency. By clearing blocks, dissolving unproductive patterns, and raising your vibration, you can open pathways to expand into a higher version of yourself. Visit souljourneyhealer.com to schedule your free 20-minute discovery session today. 
Join me, Dina Marie, at the Earth Sanctuary on beautiful Woodby Island, Friday, October 27th, 28th, or 29th. Retreat with me individually or bring a friend or family member to relax and experience island time. Your three-hour retreat will include a private healing session with me to align your energy and open you up to receiving all that nature has to offer. We will visit a labyrinth, medicine wheel, and stone circles on 72 acres of Earth Sanctuary's mature old growth forest. Earth Sanctuary combines art and sacred places to create a sanctuary for birds, wildlife, and a peaceful personal spiritual connection. This retreat will definitely lift your spirits and energize you as we move into the darker times of the year. Each time is included and will give you time to savor your experience on Woodby Island. Space is limited and will fill up fast. Reach out to me at dina-marie.com or call 425-350-5448 for more information. Are you interested in natural remedies? Unlock the secrets of herbalism and traditional holistic healing modalities with the 12-month Herbalism Mentorship Program. I will be your mentor, Sharon Maureen. I have been practicing and teaching herbalism for three decades. Dive deep into the world of herbs each month. Learn their history, how herbs support your body, and even make your own remedies. I am also a nutritional consultant and life coach. I will be by your side and you will be mentored, but you will also be supported in healing your own body. Limited spots are available for this transformative journey. So seize the opportunity to deepen your connection to the healing power of herbs. Connect with me at SharonMaureen.com today to secure your spot and start your path to wellness with the Herbalism Mentorship beginning January 2024. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. It's all. And we're back. We're back with Robert Morrison on uh, Lift Your Spirits Radio. And so I know that you did a reading for me many years ago. And I remember I remember us sitting there talking and I remember uh, you giving me insight. And I think, you know, a lot of times when you have an astrology reading, it's like, you know, they're telling you about moons and stars and stuff I don't even understand, right? Because yep. I'm not an astrologer by yep. any stretch of the imagination. But um, but I remember sitting there and I remember thinking, oh, you know, it's like I remember having insight and remember opening up awareness and, you know, thinking, oh, I could I can do things this way. You know, it's like I it was like a different perspective. Yeah. So yeah. it so maybe you can share with the listeners how you help people. I know how you help me. Um so that they know how to get a hold of you and um, how you can help other people. Yeah, so I think the difference between what I do and maybe what a traditional astrologer might do is there, there's, an, there's an energetic push going on. Because I understand the energetics of consciousness, right, and I know that people are coming to me for help, um, but they can't see necessarily what is the block it is that or or how they're stuck right? right the astrology helps me see it gives me a map of the person the personality so i can see where there may or may not be particular um traps of consciousness right because everybody's level of consciousness is different um so you have to address where they're at you know and, and kind of probe a little bit and see where they're where they're coming from and then 
and then decide, okay, where can we juice somebody up a little bit by bringing their attention forward to something that they maybe don't want to look at um, or they just can't seem to get beyond and, and actually, you know, tune myself, my own energy body, juice it up, um, and move my establishment point to the place where I want to get theirs, right? So there's this kind of like a, a synchronicity or a uh, or an energetic attunement going on between mm-hmm. me and my client. Now I've never really discussed this in such <laughs> a very detailed way, but I know this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think sometimes too. People, it's not that they, I mean, there are cases, obviously, people don't want to look at stuff, but I think sometimes psychologically, they, there's a part of them that's blocking them from seeing something. And then once you see it, you're like, why the heck was that being blocked? I, you know, I, yeah, I want why? to see that. I, you know, but there's that part of you, maybe a child part of you or whatever that got hurt somewhere. Well, exactly. Like, well, I don't want to exactly. see that. It's you know? fear. It's yeah. trauma. It's control. Yeah. It's social. Um, it's our. It's how we are raised to be part of society, right? Mm-hmm. Social conditioning is the way the Toltecs refer to it, right? And that's that's exactly what I'm pushing pushing against is is people's social conditioning, you know, whether it's related to some trauma or not. But there mm-hmm. are there are boundaries around which society is built, and uh, from a Toltec perspective, those boundaries they're not just there for our safety. They are there to keep us under control mm. and um, not for our own benefit. Right. Even though we might think that they are because they keep us, quote, safe. Uh, but what are they keeping us safe from? And the, the Toltecs, because they've done all the work of actually being able to perceive the energy as it flows in the universe and understand how the human being is not just a physical body, but an energy body, primarily, first. Mm -hmm. And on that energy body, there is a place called the assemblage point through which the emanations of consciousness are streaming through, like lasers, an infinite number of minuscule lasers that is the data of our reality. I mean, this is the, the, the Toltec Sears were the original Neo. Oh, they <laughs> perceived the matrix for what it was. Right. Right. And those traditions, thank God, have been finally opened up to the general public through authors such as Carlos Castaneda, Luhan Matus, uh, Teo Maras, and others. Um, and if one wants to delve into that aspect of reality and push themselves to disrupt their behaviors enough, and peer, actually, seriously, like, gaze with the eyes, with the ears, with the sensations of the body at your reality with a greater intensity to reveal the facets of reality that are just beyond your reach. The energy's there yeah. for us to, to absorb. Um, it is very much like a radio, this, this, these multitude of frequencies that move through our assemblage point are tunable. We can tune the assemblage point by turning it, literally, which is what astrology is. It's like we look at these 
charts, right? Mm -hmm. This wheel with all of these planets placed in different arrays interacting with each other. Well, there's the map of the wheel of the assemblage point of the person right there, right in front of me. I can see where that person is in their reality, how they perceive their reality through that, right? I can also overlay where all the planets and everything are in that moment in time, right, which is also what I do as part of my readings, have, mm -hmm. okay, what's current, where are we coming from at the birth time, what's current, um, and what is that showing me about their, how they perceive their reality, and how can I push them to perceive more? That's awesome, because I think a lot of people, when they think of astrology, they think, well, that's just the way it is, that this, this is where everything is, and I'm just stuck with this p pattern or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to break it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that can be kind of difficult in, in a situation is people are looking to have an entertaining conversation mm -hmm. about their astrology, and, and, and this is part of the trap of, of what the Tolkats call the self-reflective. Right, people want to be told how great they are. Mm -hmm. Right, and what I try and get across is that it's not about how great you are; it's about how great it is to be a human being in this world, and you don't know how much you're actually missing. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, and and vice versa. If you don't look at what's holding you back, the hard stuff, right, then you're never going to see it for what it is. Which isn't about you. Right. The less the less it's about you, the more power you have, the more you're able to see the reality for what it really is. Because it's that social conditioning of identity mm -hmm. that's holding us back. We've been fixated on ourselves. And it creates um a very small area that is not just in Cassidy they, they call they refer to it as a self reflective. But there's another author that I really like recently I've come across that refers to it as the place of apprehension. Right? So mm. we're, we're sitting in our, you know, we're, 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 we're moving around in our life with, our with the mirror of ourselves right in front of us, trying to hold that image in place and make sure that everybody else sees us the same way. Mm. Right? And yet, if anybody challenges that perception of our reality of how we think we are, it disturbs us. It, we become fearful because we think we're going to lose our place in society. Well, that's a story we tell ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, so uh, that internal dialogue. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a prison. Yeah. Yeah, and um, what I'm trying to do is get people to step beyond that and go like, and, and what's, what's really funny about it is if you do, you're free. Yeah. Immediately. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was like that. But that requires enough energy to move your assemblage plate to what assemblage point to what is referred to as the place of no pity. Right? Mm -hmm. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop feeling sorry for other people. Take responsibility for yourself and expect the same from others. Yeah. Even if they can't do it, you don't judge them for it. Yeah. You just realize that if they if if we all just took responsibility for ourselves how much freer we would be. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. I have a little uh, uh, quote. It's 
kind of a long quote. I don't remember it in detail, but it's something, but and I have it up on my office <laughs> and it says self-pity is an opiate. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and no, people get so stuck on that. And no uh, I always have it. it up there so I can see that because it's like, yeah, I can sit and complain or I can actually do something to yeah, fix yeah. the problem. Yeah. It's really up to me. It's my choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, per- personal responsibility is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a vague way of saying things in yeah, a way. It pers- is. What does it mean to be personally responsible? Um, the ability to respond, right? Yeah. That, that was funny too because that, that's like, uh, that's, um, I took this, what was that coursework that was really big in, in the early 90s, late 80s? Est or yeah, something no, like that? Well, Est was like a precursor to it. Um, um, oh God, I can't believe I can't for- <laughs> totally forgot it. It was, it was my late teens I was uh-huh. doing it, but it was very big here in Seattle. And they, uh-huh. they would, yeah, they talked about, you know, the, the ability to respond was, was like your, you know, it was what really what responsibility was about. Uh-huh. But, you know, there's, there's more to it than that. Even if you take it to the Toltecs, what is, what is perception? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious. So I know, I, I mean, I've, been to astrologers, right? I mm. think I even had another astrologer on the show a while back. And so I think people are familiar with that. You know, they give you your birthday, mm. moon rising and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they expect to get this, you know, either a document or a reading of some sort. So how what, how what you do is, is different? I mean, what are the other tools that you use? Or are there tangible tool, tools or is it just knowledge that you have? Or how does that work? Tools? How, what do you mean by tangible tools, tools or resources? I think of astrology as you know you you know the you understand the like you have uh, uh, on the computer. There's mm-hmm. things you can put in dates and automatic. That to me that's sure, a tool. sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely so, use astrology programs to get my charts and and you know I'll run the natal chart. I'll run a, a, a chart for the time of the reading, um, and then I'll run um, solar returns for that year and the in the next year mm-hmm. right which is when the sun places becomes placed on uh, your birth time uh, according to the geography that I think you're in now mm-hmm. right so there there is that you know the the solar return will change depending on where you are on the planet right that's right, right yeah. so there there is that where so I have to sometimes I have to find out where were you on your last birthday <laughs> oh okay right because sometimes if people are out of town, like if they went to, you know, Cabo for their birthday, it's like, well, that's a different geographical location. So the solar return happened in a different way. You know, the house placements are going to be different. That's really interesting. Of. So is that something like, I mean, if people were wanting to move, that would be something they could yeah, uh, consult you on on too. where? I, yeah, I've, I haven't done that kind of geographical location. I mean, it's, I know astrology, if you wanted me to do that kind of thing. I could easily look up how to do that and, you know, run the appropriate charts for it and we could talk about that. I know sometimes people are drawn to live in certain cities and they don't even know why, you know, yeah. they're supposed to be there. And I wonder if there's yeah, there, obviously there, something to yeah, that. <laughs> there definitely is something to that. That's never been a field that I've, you know, extensively studied, but it was certainly something that was, you know, mentioned uh, in the era when I was studying in the in the 90s mm-hmm. uh, with my teacher. and um, But, yeah. I think the principles of astrology are all there. If that was something you really wanted to do, I could I could certainly look at that. But I'm really more interested in actually shifting people's consciousness. You know, if you know, there's something to be said about bringing the power 
with you. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you know, making the world conform to your hopeful wishes. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you know, if, if you're going to do that, then what do you really want? Mm-hmm. What is it that you really want would be more of, of my, my point. It's like, okay, how can we get what you want wherever you are? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and and be able to move between all of those different places or facets of your world mm-hmm. and um, be empowered. So what's an example of uh, something Toltec that would come in on a reading that is different than just regular astro- astrology? Well, it depends on where somebody is at and how much I can speak to them about. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if I've got somebody that is actually familiar with Castaneda, then, you know, it's all about that, right? If I, if I have somebody that speaks the language, so to speak, of mm-hmm. the Toltec Sears, or at least is familiar with it, I can speak to it very thoroughly. Um, and I think we've, you know, broached on that quite a bit, you know, talking about how, you know, the map of the, of the soul, so to speak, you know, is actually a, a good indicator of just where the assemblage point generally mm-hmm. is. And, you know, I think where the Toltec systems is, is, comes into play, regardless of language, is, is just speaking about energy, right? Um, so if somebody's new to it, then mm-hmm. how would you approach that? I would talk to them about energy how they feel okay. in particular um, about how they can become stronger in the face of opposition, mm. right? Lovely. Um, how, but specifically about perception, how they can change their view of if they were able to change their view in this way. Right, and that's really where you know we get back into um, the systems developed by Jeff Green and Pluto placement, because Pluto is is almost always associated with some sort of wounding, mm. a very core wounding that rules can literally rule someone's life, and not necessarily a bad way. Mm-hmm. Right, this, we're talking about somebody that has objectives here. Pluto is is related to, in in my estimation, to will and intent in the Toltec systems, which is what rules us completely, right? The eagle's commands. The eagle would be the Toltec's word for the emanations Mm -hmm. coming from its source, right? Because they perceive it in their dreaming consciousness to be somewhat like an eagle, a stream of of white and black light moving through the universe and through them. And at great cost, they, they perceived this. It was dangerous to do. Uh, but that's that's the term that has been passed down to us for it. But the emanations of the eagle and how they pass through us and create our reality. Well, we can we can take control of that. We can c- reconnect to that in a way where the eagle's commands become our commands. And to bring that forward in an astrology reading is that total responsibility, mm-hmm. right? To empower yourself to look at the mirror as you've been looking at it and realize there's more. There's deeper. What's really ruling here? And how can I become the ruler? Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, um, so I know I had written in here when we talked before about um, the religious and psychological outlook versus spirituality mm-hmm. um, of astrology. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can touch on that a bit. Trouble with religion um, is that it's been given to us over so many eons, right? And it's, it's part of the social control system. Um, and even in the New Age community, you, mm-hmm. know, you, know, you, would, you would think you know, there's this sort of pseudo relationship religion. But even astrology become religionized. In, in fact, religion and astrology go hand in hand. Um, if you look back at the um, at the ancient Mexicans, there was a coordination of religious practices and astrology. If you look really thoroughly at Christianity, it's shock full of re- of, of religious astrology, even if it's just in symbology, mm-hmm. um, and not just you know the Old Testament or the New Testament. We're talking both. Mm-hmm. Um, to get in the details of that can be quite offensive to people as well. And I don't want to do that. Um, if people really want to know, they can talk to me and I can point them in certain directions to, to get a grip on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Egyptians, pyramids, all that stuff, it's all, it's all related to astrology um, of one form or another. And astrology is this sort of like evolving system of of perception that you know i think what what i like nowadays is is to refer to the ancient stargazers because stargazing gazing right is the way that they actually got their information Mm -hmm. right which is to say to get out there in the middle of the night lie down look at the stars look at the planets and stare at them for hours on end until the energy that surrounded those beings, those planets, revealed themselves. And I've done this. And, and if you really connect yourself energetically to a planet, like you take the moment and, and do your proper Toltec gazing, um, man, uh, Jupiter's the wrong name for that planet. It's Zeus. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> it, it's, it's this huge electric force being. And, and you want to get juiced up? connect to those those beings out there those are the real teachers right so well, how can people get a hold of you if they want to get an astrology reading um my email is probably the best way to get a hold of me it's astrotoltec one word at uh, gmail.com and i can arrange and well you know well probably you know leave leave a phone number with me and i'll call you i think that's, that's probably good. the best way i don't want to put my phone number out on that's but, fine. But if you if you um, you know email me and leave your your contact information, I'll get a hold of you and, and, and talk to you about whatever it is you're looking is for. Is it astro, Toltec or astral? Astro A S T R O, T O L T E, C C, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Great. Yeah. So this is Kasara Deline from True Health, and we'll be right back. Saying goodbye. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? 
Located on Whitby Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit truehealth.com. That's T-R-U health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. They say we're done, but we've only just begun. So let's start where we left off. Love that song that Dean wrote, <laughs> senior year. So welcome back. You're listening to True Health by Kassara Deline on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And we're talking with Robert Morrison, is who, who is a unique astrologer and also a Toltec seer. So, um, and, and in the, you're putting the normal astrology aside, right? And using these Toltec tools. Well, I wouldn't say I'm putting normal astrology aside. I, I think, um, even the astrology that I'm using wouldn't, you would necessarily call normal. It's, it's, oh, you okay. know, Jeff Green's evolutionary astrology is very particular. Um, but then, you know, I, I'm also, you know, very much into Stephen Forrest's work as well. But Stephen and Jeff have a lot in common. Um, you know, dark and light, though. They, they both have approached Pluto very firmly in their works. Um, but uh, Stephen Forrest was a little lighter touch, a little more finesse, whereas Jeff Green would come in with a hammer every time. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, I, I, I would say my practice, my work is, is a combination of those two primarily. Although, you know, there is, there is another facet of, of still Robert Hand's work coming into what I do, too, because... There was a lecture I attended in the mid to late '90s at uh, Norwalk North America or the North uh, Northwest Astrology Conference that was put on. I think it was '96. Is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, probably the fall of '96. And there was a lecture that Robert Hand gave uh, called, I think it was "Cold, Wet, Hot, and Dry," and he had been. Um, exploring the ancient Greek and Latin texts of astrology and translating them. Uh, Project Hindsight, I think is what they call it. And, and he did this lecture of the zodiac and the planets based off of what the Greeks, who are you know, said to be the inventors of astrology, 
you know, 300 BC or so, uh, which we refer to as Stoic astrology. And if you're familiar with the Stoic philosophers and you're familiar with Toltec systems, you see there's a lot of commonality in their worldview. The Stoics were very, you could say, antisocial in a way, but they, they, they definitely looked at the world in a different sort of way, and they were very good at conserving their energy. So they were probably pretty good at seeing reality for what it really was. And they were quite humorous about it in many cases. If you go back and look at the Stoic astrology, the things they said about the people of their time, it was funny. In a hard kind of way. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but we're still like that, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Did, did that answer the question? I kind of <laughs> lost track. Yeah. So, um, so how do you... Um, does Tol- Toltec, do you see patterns in that like you do in astrology? Is that similar or is it... I mean, just curious how you're using all these different. Oh, uh, okay. That's okay. That's a good question. I can answer that. <laughs> so, when you look at the world through the Toltec systems, um, the patterns are the same, meaning that everybody's stuck in the same place. The assemblage point for society, right, for everybody to interact, is in the tiny, same tiny little spot, and it stays there, right, because all of our attention, all of our excess energy is, uh, I should say, all of our energy, which we don't have any excess of, is placed in creating the world that we are in. This is the eagle's command that we see the world the way it is. So in order to move the assemblage point, you have to conserve energy by changing your perception consciously, which is what happens to us when we go to sleep at night. We dream, Mm -hmm. right? And the assemblage point drifts. And so it recharges our energy. Right? And then as we wake up, we come back to this reality, it starts draining our energy out again. Right? Mm. So as we, get, as we get older, we're aging, and this is all the process of us losing our life force, our energy mm-hmm. over time. And you know, the more stress we undergo right, um, in our lives, the quicker we age. And this isn't just a, a, a physiological system, but in, in, in fact, first, from the Toltec perspective, is an energetic reality mm-hmm. because the energetic precedes the physical. Our f- manifestation of our physical human form, our human bodies, is a manifestation of the energetics of the placement of the assemblage point and what the aspect the eagle's emanations are passing through it. So if we are going to live a longer life, a healthier life, a stronger life, we have to approach the assemblage point and how we can conserve the energy by changing our perception and moving the assemblage point. Because every time we move it, we get new alignments, and that causes a release of energy. And what the Toltec Sears was able to do over time is move it and conserve that energy and continue to move it and conserve more and more and more of that energy, which is what they called power. Which increases our energy. It increases increases our energy. Mm -hmm. And as we learn how to perceive our world as an energetic manifestation, we see more and more energy, and we have more and more energy, and we Mm -hmm. live longer, healthier lives. I'm in the best physical condition I've been in in my entire life in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm 52 years old. I have, like, abs. (laughs) And I don't work out all the time. I do a little bit of working out, you know, every three or four days. Yeah. Very small amount. But I do a lot of walking. But uh, the walking that I do is very specific gazing exercise. Uh-huh. 
It's even it's even mentioned in Castaneda's books. It's the what he called this is what he fooled he fooled um, Carlos's Don Juan fooled Carlos's self importance by calling it the correct way of walking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, this is the right way to do it. Well, that'll get him to do it. Yeah. Right? Which which is a, a way of overwhelming your senses, but not focusing them on any specific one thing because that's what we do is we dart from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing yes. to make it manifest in our reality as a solid object. Well, if you slightly cross the eyes, which is, by the way, what happens when you're asleep, you close your eyes, your eyes actually slightly cross, right? And okay. the third eye comes up, uh-huh. right? Well, if you're walking around with your eyes open and you let your gaze relax and the, your eyes cross just a little bit and you walk around with your hands out with your fingers splayed right uh-huh. tensely right and you're walking like this with your eyes and you can see the world but you can't look at any specific one thing right and you focus your attention on their peripheral vision right as objects move in and out of your reality well then you're actually tracking what your assembly point is doing oh interesting and you begin to feel the will of the energy on the peripheral vision connecting to the place of the will at the second chakra, right, around the navel area. And you, you actually begin to realize that you're projecting your reality through an energy body. It's like you have a screen. Yeah. And that's your energy body that's around you. And what happens is because you're trying to induce a dreaming state in your waking state, the dreaming body, the dreaming consciousness comes forward. And if you're really good at gazing, you can gaze at an object and if the dreaming consciousness comes forward you it becomes fascinating yeah I'm whatever just, it is that you're looking at becomes a, a a a thing of great beauty yeah yeah i walk every day too i mm-hmm. go in 2 to 5 miles every day and i'm since i've moved i've walked in a different area now so i'm looking at things differently mm-hmm. looking at and I would have to say that it's interesting that you talked about this because there's times when I feel like I'm in that space because uh-huh. I, I truly try to connect to the earth, the sure. trees, the you know grass, everything yeah. around me, animals, everything. Yeah, you're connecting your will to your surroundings. And I didn't realize I was in that little yeah, space. Yeah, you're connecting. Yeah. Now, you know, just add add the aspects of, of a, slight, cool. a slight, you know, off, you know, don't look at specific objects. And that's, yeah, the, that's yeah. the hard thing at first yeah. is not to look at specific exactly. objects yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're, you're t- and, and once you do, though. Yeah. Once you do train yourself not to let your attention get grabbed by objects, right? That's you taking control back of your assemblage point in a way that's very visceral. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, <laughs> I didn't even know and, I was doing and that. <laughs> once you do that, you begin conserving energy in a yeah. way that you never have before. And this is the practice that Don Juan had Carlos do for years uh-huh. in order for him to what he called accumulate internal silence. Yeah. And that accumulation of internal silence is kind of a, it's a, it's a difficult thing to understand mm-hmm. until you've done it. And you realize it's really not about internal silence. It's about controlling your attention. Mm. Right? Because yeah. talking to ourselves is, is a subconscious sort of activity. It's like you can't stop it. Why can't I stop me talking to me? That doesn't make any sense. Right? But once you place your attention on something in the objective world around you in a very um, non-objective sort of way, which is to say you're bringing all of your attention forward into the world, mm-hmm. into a sensory, sensory overload, right? So that's all the attention that you have. Well, you can't pay attention to what you, There's no voice anymore. 
Yeah. Right? It's stopped because your attention's not there creating the energy for it to do it anymore. Yeah. Well, I think once I have those experiences too, it changes that self-talk, right? It changes what comes through and what, um, how, I, how like you said, how you perceive things. So yes. Of course, everything's different then. Yeah. Even if it's just a small shift, it's like, mm-hmm. it's enough that, uh, that it changes things in your, around you. Right. So, so what happens when I'm done on one of these walks or I've got, you come to a point where, you know, my, I've, my focus is wavered. It's like, okay, take a break. Right. It's a nice sunny day. And then you refocus on your world in a normal state of way. And it's so much more vibrant. It's like all of a sudden the world is alive in a way that you yeah. you recall from your childhood. Right. Remember when the world was golden? Yeah. When you were a child? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way the world still is. Why isn't it like that now? Right. Because our consciousness has been drained into focusing on a world of misery. Yeah. We're so conditioned. Oh, we're so conditioned to feel miserable yeah. all the time about our lives. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a system of control. Yeah. And, and it's a system of control that is imposed. And not mm-hmm. just by the human beings, right? There's, there's an, there are external influences. One of the things that the um, Toltec seers were able to discover is that there are non-organic forms of life. And we interact with them all the time. They're interacting with us constantly. And in fact, we are all host to our own inorganic being mm-hmm. that is draining us like a parasite all the time. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Castaneda revealed that in his final novel, novelish, I guess you could say, yeah. the uh, active side of infinity, that, that we are host to a parasite that's draining us of energy. And it's up to us to shut it down yeah. by becoming fascinated with the world again in a way that's truly magical that is actually the way the world really is. Yeah, that childlike wonder. Yes. You know, I think a lot of people, I think there's a there's a big difference between being childish and childlike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think difference. when people can tap into Huge that difference. childlike um, wonder and really, like you said, see things from a different vantage point, it changes your world. Yeah, and it's just like astrology. You know, you got a planet, you got a sign, whatever it might be, that archetype. How are you playing that archetype? Mm-hmm. Right. This is the same thing we talk about being childlike and childish. Childish is a loss of energy because we're stuck in emotionality. We're yes. indulging in our emotionality. Childlike is a fascination with the magic of the world again. And those are the two opposing forces. And imagine if everybody felt that magic on the planet. They do. They've just forgotten. Yeah. It's there for everybody. They've yeah. just forgotten what it is. And that's what I want to do is remind people that it's there and make the choice, make the conscious choice to stay there. Yeah. 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 That'd be a wonderful thing. <laughs> so you're listening to True Health by Cassara Delina and If Your Spirit's Ready. Thank you so much, Robert, for joining me today. Please remind listeners how they can get a hold of you. Um, through my email is probably the best way. Um, uh, Astro Toltec at gmail.com. I also just put up a WordPress site. So there's my um, newseer.wordpress.com. <laughs> um, and I've got right. a, a little, little bit of data sheet up, a few, few small posts up there that you can look at what I offer. Uh, aside from astrology, I'm also offering um, helping people navigate the Toltec systems. So. Great. Thank you so much for joining me this month. We hope to see you again next month. 
I'm Kassar Lane from True Health and leaving with you with more music from my son, musician Dean Foster. Broken down a sea of tears for us the only year.